I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm 119, Psalm 119. We're now entering the 16th section, the 16th letter of the Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters. And in this section, there are several good phrases in here that uh, would make great titles. Uh, One is, uh, he says in verse 126, it is time for the Lord to work. Uh, Another one says, uh, be surety for thy servant, verse 122, and then verse 125, I am thy servant. And since that's in there twice, uh, actually three times, because it says deal with thy servant, verse 124, as well. So uh, we're going to go with I am thy servant. And when we take a look at this section, we see I am thy servant, and I put it into practice. I'm thy servant. Here's the practice. Verse 121, I have done judgment and justice. Lead me not to my oppressors. Don't leave me here. What happens in this verse is the psalmist is saying, hey, listen, would you uh, be merciful to me because I have a lot of oppressors and I keep your judgment. He's, he's saying, I'm doing what is right. I'm doing what's just. Not your judgment. What you say is right. That's what I'm doing. And I believe your judgments. And so I am understanding what it is that you have said. And that is what I am committed to. So will you please leave me not to my oppressors. Boy, there's something to be said about oppressors. They have the idea that word is to they press on you. They just pressure you constantly. And they do it by deceit and defraud. And they do it in order to trip you up. They are exploiting you in a severe manner. So he is begging God right here, uh, based on his practice, will you please leave me not to mine oppressors. Don't allow me to stay around those oppressors. Get me away. Abandon me. Don't abandon me. Please don't abandon me. Don't do that. You know, there's times we think that the uh, Lord has abandoned us, and uh, we get into difficult times. And we think, okay, where is the Lord in this? But we've got to remind ourselves that we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. That means tempted to prove he could save us. And because he was able to save us, let us therefore come boldly, those of us who are saved, unto the throne of grace. That's where we get what we do not deserve, grace. That we may obtain mercy, not getting what we do deserve, and find grace to help in time of need. And that 
find that grace to help. That word help is an unusual word that has to do with the rope system that would go around a ship. It's actually used in the book of Acts and talks about that Eurachlodon that came, that big wind of storm, and they used the helps. They put the rope system around it into the winch and turned it and that would hold the ship together while it went through the storm and the waves battered it and it wouldn't break apart. And that's what the Lord says. You will find grace to help. I will come through and with my loving arms, the rope system that I have will hold you to me. And I may not take you out of the trial, but I will go with you through the trial and will hold you. And it's a great comfort. And the psalmist many times cried out for that. He says in Psalm 109, 26, Help me, O Lord my God. O save me according to thy mercy. And he certainly is pleading for God's mercy. He said, I am thy servant. And this is the practice. He said, I am thy servant. And I wanted you to be my pledge. He wanted the Lord to be his pledge. The word surety is there. Be surety for thy servant. Well, the word surety means to take as a pledge or to give as a pledge. It, it denotes the action of giving a pledge or guaranteeing a pledge. And he's saying, Lord, would you be surety for thy servant? Would you uh, guarantee that you are the one and do it for good? Okay, let not the proud oppress me. Would you do this? He's saying, give me some assurance. That's what he's saying. Give me some assurance. A person can become a surety when they're pledged to pay another person's debt or fulfill a promise, things like that. Well, when you're going through these long trials and things, you want to know, if is the Lord still there? We be a surety for thy servant for good. Don't let the proud oppress me. Are you, are you still there? Well, I think about what the Apostle Paul said when he was talking in the book of Romans and you get down to chapter 8 and those last few verses, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? And the answer is no. Or distress? And the answer is no. Or persecution? Mm -mm. Or famine? Nope. Nakedness? Nope. Peril or sword? Nope. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are not conquerors, more than conquerors through him that loved us. And then he summed it up by saying, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When he was talking to the Colossians, he, he prayed that their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love. Now, what a statement to make, knit together in love. First of all, the word love is that agape love, that love that is totally selfless, it is sacrificial, and it is absolutely uh, that which would be... Uh, considered giving love. Now, the word here that knit together, to join, to unite, to become part. And so when it talks about this, it is talking about becoming a part of the family of God and acting like the family of God. He said, 
that your hearts might be comforted being knit together in love. So the purpose of it is for comfort for one another. See, he said, be surety for thy servant, for good. You know, I need some assurance. Well, in our case, we get this assurance just from reading the wonderful scriptures. He said that their hearts may be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance, total, entire confidence of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. What a joy, what a thought, what an incredible set of verses. Then Peter said, But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. And then he talks about in Psalm 27, you know, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid and fear? And in verse 5 he says, For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. That pavilion was a tent. And it was where the commander-in-chief was in the time of war. And the most safe place in wartime would be the commander-in-chief's tent. And in our wartime of our warfare as a Christian through this life, our commander-in-chief has a pavilion that we can get into and be in the safest place there is. And I'm glad. You want to talk about an assurance. Here's an Old Testament assurance for the psalmist here. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He's asking for assurance and not letting the proud oppress him. So he's asking for relief from the oppressors and from the proud who also want to uh, oppress him. So we see his practice and pledge. Now we see the patience. In verse number 123, Mine eyes fail for thy salvation and for the word of thy righteousness. What he's saying there is, I'm running out of patience. My eyes fail waiting for your salvation, your deliverance. I'm waiting for that deliverance to come from all of these things I'm praying about. And for the word of thy righteousness. When we look at the word of his righteousness, we're looking at God's actual speaking word, which we have written, where he gives us what's right. I want the just, the right, that's what I want it to be. So he's needing God to help him endure under these oppressing hard times. He is exhausted. He is looking to God for help. He's looking to God to give him that word of, that will give him the strength as he wants to stay righteous before him. And that, my friend, is something that we must always do. Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. Psalm 17, 7. That is what the psalmist is saying. Don't let your eyes fail for God's deliverance. And that was what he was having. 
try to stay up and in your patient waiting, stay patient. He was losing his patience here. But then he turns right around in verse 124 and shows his passion in verse 124 and 125. Now, we've already said, be surety for thy servant. Here he says, deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy and teach me thy statutes. I am thy servant. Give me understanding that I may know thy testimonies. Now, in this one, we see his passion to have several things. Number one, his passion for the Lord to deal with him. Listen, whether it's good or bad, let the Lord deal with you. Want the Lord to deal with you. And by the way, this word deal is in the imperative. He, he is strongly, I want you to do this. I need this. Do it, Lord. Do it. It's in the imperative. He, he wants it. He's not saying wimpy, ah, you know, kind of should you, you, you ought to deal with me. No, deal with thy servant. I'm yours. And deal with thy servant according unto thy mercy, thy loving kindness, thy, your goodness. Amen. Hey, listen, deal with me mercifully and teach me thy statutes. Now, once again, the word teach is that uh, intense stem where he's saying, I'm, and it's a command, deal with me, but teach me thy statutes. That which is engraved in your word, I want engraved in me, so I need it to be taught. I need it to be instructed. I need it in my life, so I'm asking you to teach it so I can learn. And it is the word lamad, one of the most popular words in the Old Testament. The, word, the Hebrew word lamad literally means teach to learn. It's not that someone teaches and it's done, whether you got it or not. It's teach to learn, that the teaching goes to the point that the teacher knows you learned it. That is what he's asking. Teach me so that I get it. Teach me so I understand it and I've learned it and I know how to apply it. Teach that to me because I am thy servant. I am thine, O Lord. Does that sound like a familiar hymn? I have heard thy voice. And it told thy love to me. I'm telling you, that is quite a song. And the, the writer of that song is none other than Fanny Crosby. Who else would write such a great song? He said, it told thy love to me, but I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. Consecrate me now to thy service, Lord. By the power of grace divine, let my soul look up with steadfast hope and my will be lost in thine. Oh, the pure delight of a single hour that before thy throne I spend when I kneel in prayer and with thee, my God, I commune as friend with friend. Wow. There are depths of love that I cannot know till I cross the narrow sea. There are heights of joy that I may not reach. Till I rest in peace with thee. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, 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 blessed Lord, to thy precious bleeding side. That, my friend, is that I am thy servant. I am thine, O Lord. Give me understanding. You want to take a guess at what that means? Imperative. Give me. And it's back in our hiffle stem. Cause me to be given. 
cause me to have this understanding. Give me this ability to comprehend. Give me the ability that I need to perceive, to discern, to observe, to pay attention to and get that I may know thy testimonies. I want you to open my eyes to your word so that I can see your record and your witness in that Bible and set the record in my own heart and I will give the true record of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, no matter what, you will get all the glory. So when we get to these verses, he's needing a touch of God. We all need the touch of God. There's something about the touch of God. There's something about when he reaches down and says, in spiritual terms, I will touch you. And he gives you something special. Or he reaches down in your physical body and touches you. Or he reaches down in your spirit and touches you. Or you're having some emotional um, uh, issues where there's just upheaval and he reaches down and touches you. He wanted that touch of God to be touched in mercy and then he wanted to be taught and he wanted to have understanding of what he was taught and so he does so and we might remind ourselves that it's very much important that we're swift to hear slow to speak and slow to wrath let's get more of our ears open to what the Lord is saying and less quick to speak Peter was quick to speak and it never worked in his favor and slow to wrath and pray like the psalmist did in Psalm 25, 4. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. 143, 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. So the psalmist says, I am thy servant. Here's my practice. I am thy servant. I need a pledge from you. Here, I am thy servant. I need patience to keep waiting. I am thy servant. I have a passion to be taught and want you to deal with me in mercy so I can be taught because I am thine. That's my passion. Give me that understanding. Then we see his position, the psalmist's position. His position is to the Lord. Listen to this now. It is time for thee, O Lord to work for they have made void thy law lord it's time for you to act on this i want you to do something here wow that's incredible i find that to be the most incredible part of this entire uh thing that he looked at uh, i was able to say lord by the way uh let me just say this when he said uh it is time for you that it's in this uh, perfect tense and it's in the hiffle stem. It is time for the Lord to work, for they have made void. They have caused, they have completely caused your law to be void, to actually to be worthless. They've caused it to break off. They have caused it to be divided, to have a break in it. They've frustrated it. They're doing everything they can to cause people to not do what the Bible says. So he says, it is time. Based on that, it is time. That's pretty bold. I mean, he's pretty bold. I can't, he's, he's calling God out saying, I think it's time that you do this right now. And uh, he, he didn't uh, think about it. And he was very discerning. 
because he saw why he was asking God to act. Here he's saying, this is why you must act. They are completely breaking your law. They're frustrating your law. They're making it empty and worthless. It's void. It's no good. A voided check is no good. When you write the word void across the check, it no longer cashes. It no longer has any monetary value that you can go to the bank and get. It's over. It's done. You're complete. You're con- it's over with. So remind yourself, we live in a wicked day, and there's all kinds of people who not ignore God's word. They thumb their nose up at God's word and defy it. They do so with a, a, a vehemence. They, they're like, I don't see, see anything where God's doing anything. You know, there's some people actually look at, oh, I've been living like this, and then God's not ever convicted me or done anything to hurt me. Well, he's being gracious. You ought to thank God he's being that gracious for that long because there's going to come a day when he's not going to be gracious, and you're going to die, and you're going to end up in a place that you say doesn't exist, but when you get there, there ain't nothing you can do about it. There's nothing that you can do to fix it once that happens. There's people today that despise God's word. And Paul wrote to Timothy at the very end of his life, the last letter, and said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous means extremely fierce, ravenous times. For men, listen, shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Have you ever seen a day and age like that one? How about this? Unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Wow. Amazing. We are seeing those kinds of things. And we got to remind ourselves that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. He's going to judge them. Don't ever lose the sight of that. So we need to pray for lost people to be saved. And we need to love the sinner and hate the sin because they are in trouble and they need the Lord like you needed the Lord. And if you don't go and if you don't say and if you don't have the the uh, fortitude to go give them the gospel, who will? The Bible says, when I say to the wicked, thou shalt surely die and thou givest them no warning nor speaketh to warn the wicked that he turn from his wicked way. That man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. We must warn people then if they you know blatantly go against God's word they're going to have a payday someday and so he said it is time Lord oh yeah it is time he is saying I'm ready for you to act because they have made void thy law and then in verse number 127 in verse 128 he gives two concluding statements verse 127 starts out therefore Verse 128 starts out, therefore. So we see, I am thy servant. Here's my practice. I am thy servant. I need a pledge that this is going to be okay. You'll, you'll keep me from these oppressors, and I'm going to be okay. I need some assurance, Lord. I'm your servant. Assure me. I'm your servant. Help me have the patience to wait. I'm your servant. I have passion for you, and I am your servant. And uh, this is my position. I need you to act. They're breaking your law. Do something because they are making void your law. Help me. Therefore, based on the fact that I'm your servant, and this is what's going on in my life, therefore, I love thy commandments above gold. Hallelujah. I love thy commandments above gold. 
He said, I have got a love that is far superior to the gold and money. I mean, this is far above. And you know what? He loved God's commandments. He said, I absolutely love, and it's in a perfect tense, I completely and totally love your commandments. You command me through your word, I will do it. I love it. I love it when you tell me what to do. I love it when you tell me not what to do. I love it. I listen for it. I want it. Give it to me. Therefore, I love thy commandments above gold, yea, and fine gold. Now, therefore, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate every false way. He said, based on everything I've said, I just want you to know, Lord, not only do I love thy commandments, but I esteem those principles I've learned from those commandments in your word that I, I esteem. I, I make it very, very high. I, I take it above. They, I, I, I look at it in the sense of this is something that is important, and I raise it up above all things because your precepts that I get from your word and commandments, they're right. And I hate every false way. He said, I hate it. It is horrifying, horrible, and I do not want anything to do with it. The word false there means in a vain, empty sense, without a cause, you are spreading something as a lying witness. How about that? Now, the Bible talks about in Deuteronomy 19:18, and the judges shall make diligent inquisitions. And behold, if the witness be a false witness and hath testified falsely against his brother, see, they called them out. It had to be two or three witnesses that would cause the, problem, the, the person to be judged. But he said, if they do that, then shall ye do unto him as he had thought to done unto his brother, so shalt thou put the evil away from you. He said, if they get into a, 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 some kind of controversy and they get two witnesses or three witnesses and they're false witnesses, <laughs> whatever they want to do to you is going to happen to them because that's the way you're going to put the evil away. He said, I have esteemed your precepts and I concerning things to be right, I hate every false way. I am thy servant. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice. Are you there today? Have you heard his voice? You say, I am thine, O Lord. What you say I will do. I love your commandments above gold and anything that's monetary or I think is a big deal in this life. And I esteem your precepts and those things as to be right. And I hate every false way. Is that your testimony today? I hope and pray that it is. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that we'll have ourselves looking like the psalmist, saying, I'm thine, I'm thy servant, I'm thine, O Lord. Use me, keep me taught, help me to see, give me the understanding. I love your word, I love your commandments, I esteem your precepts, I'm going to keep on keeping on, and I'm not going to cave or give in. Help me, Lord, give me that surety that everything's going to be all right, and I'm going to keep on keeping on. Give me the patience I need to keep waiting for the things I need to wait for. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Pastor Walton praying you have an absolutely awesome Yes, week. I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. 
How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every word is true Oh, I believe every word that he said is true I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do How I love his precious word It thrills me through and through I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.